Here's to your success in property, finance and money management. You're listening to The Long Property Show with your hosts, Daniel Gold and Patrick Lynch. Welcome back to another episode of The Long Property Show. I'm Dan Gold. And I'm Patrick Lynch. Today we're going to be talking about the new best interests duty that has been proposed and it's coming off the back of the Royal Commission, one of one of Commissioner Haynes' recommendations and it's certainly got the industry talking so we thought we'd um, let our audience know what it's all about and, and how it might impact them and the industry. Yeah, so previously the obligation on brokers was to recommend loans to clients that were deemed not unsuitable, very clunky wording. Uh, the proposed change sounds simpler but it's actually a lot more onerous. Uh, yeah, in my mind, it's not just that it sounds simpler, it actually sounds right. I mean, why shouldn't we be operating in the best interests of our clients? I think that's definitely the right thing to do, theoretically, um, and it's the, the best thing to do, not only from a moral moral and ethical standpoint, but also the best thing to do to, to grow a, a healthy and sustainable business. I think the, the concern is that in the world of mortgage finance, whereby there are thousands and thousands of different loan products available, and also in such an environment whereby getting a loan is quite complex, particularly nowadays, the practicality of this legislation needs to be thought through carefully. In, in a world of complexity, how do you demonstrate that you have operated in the very best interests of a client. Um, I'll give you an example. If Patrick, I'm uh, recommending a loan product to you and there's another loan product adjacent to that that might save you $10 a month, by me putting you in that more expensive product, have I not operated in your best interests? What do you think? It all depends on whether that product's suitable, right? And there's more than just price and interest rate that goes into choosing a whether a loan is right for a client or not. Perfect. And, and I think that's where we need to take this discussion. So point number one, it's not just about price. There are other factors. And I think what, what everyone's talking about, which is what you just touched on, is that beyond price, there's also products. And all products have totally different um, features. And, and benefits and disadvantages and and in order for a client to make an informed decision and, and for us to recommend something that is suitable that the product detail needs to be well understood but where no one is taking the conversation is actually the third element of mortgage finance which is the complexity around um, different scenarios and credit policy and how there's ultimately a human element that is involved in terms of interpreting people's financial information, which can be interpreted differently, like there's an element of subjectivity there. Um, And then all of that in the context of of what a bank's credit policy says, you know, can and can't be done. And then beyond that, even um, exceptions to policy based on lender appetite and what can and can't be done when there's real you know, willingness to, to get something done. So let's talk about that, Patty, because not, not enough people are, um, and, and I don't think it's well understood by the legislators, and, and that's where, uh, you know, as a, as a brokerage, um, I'm very concerned. Yeah, and I, 
the few seems to be that maybe the legislator and Commissioner Hayne is just looking at price and he thinks it's as simple as let's pull in some figures, what income, what expenses, what debts a client has, oh this is the best rate, that's the best product. It's, it's clearly not that simple. Perfect. And, and, and in my mind the only way to really explain why it's not that simple is through case studies and actually uh, you know proper examples of why it's not so here's a really 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 simple one and on, on the scale of like complex to simplicity this would definitely be on the, the simpler side but it still just speaks to the the, the concerns that we have here take um, a client John who um, is a PAYG wage earner at a particular company um, and that uh, and John earns a, a bonus an annual bonus of $20,000. We need to use that $20,000 of additional income to demonstrate serviceability. The problem is John has only been at this new employer for one year and the credit policy says that you technically need to demonstrate two years worth of bonus income uh, from the same employer in order for it to be usable. We go back to the bank and say "But, but John's actually earned a 20 grand bonus for the last seven years at his previous employer and this was actually a promotion which also incorporates the same bonus therefore the likelihood of of that bonus continuing is quite strong he's already received it for one year at the new employer and he's got a seven-year track record now certain banks will accept that 20 grand of additional income and other banks won't and even the banks that won't you might be able to get them to if you kind of had good relationships and you positioned it well but it's all grey and, and oftentimes you, you will never know with 100% certainty unless you lodge an application. So let's just speak to this in the context of a best interests duty because it can get out of hand I think very quickly. Patty, why don't you just explain in the context of you're providing five different loan options to a client, cheapest to most expensive, but you're uncertain in that example as to whether the cheapest option may actually work and you're very confident on the other hand that you know the fifth cheapest which sure is the most expensive out of the five but it's actually still a really good deal is definitely going to work yeah so let's say price is roughly consistent across the five so it's a bit more expensive as we go through one to five maybe maybe the difference is 150 dollars a year yep in interest and product is maybe generally it's suitable for the client sure you're right it comes down to policy and if we know lender one, two, and three will definitely not agree with using the 20K bonus in that scenario, then we can't go there. They're immediately knocked out. If we know four might, then we've got to workshop that deal. Workshopping might take two, three weeks to do because it's got to go from you to our contact with the lender. It's got to go to credit, potentially bounce around there for a while, come back. If we know Lender 5 is definitely going to accept one year's bonus from this employer. And That's it gets, looking pretty good. It's looking and, pretty and good and it gets the client a good outcome, a really good rate. Okay, maybe not the lowest rate, but it's the rate that works for them now and they're not having to wait. And then, okay, great. So agree with all that. And then just to finish off the example, my question would be, um, what if number one, two and three weren't definite no's, but they were probable no's or maybes, right? Is the onus then on us as the broker to actually test one, two, and three to find out whether it might be possible? 
you know, and, and even if it was, and even if the information that we got back from the bank was correct, which often it isn't, then we might be able to save the client $150 a year. And it's only on a variable interest rate, which might change three or four months after settlement anyway. And potentially they're going to have to fill in three sets of application documents and different requirements for each lender. Exactly. So, so here's the probably the key takeaway. We kind of labored that example for a little, a little bit, but we're a, a, thankfully a, a well-respected brokerage with lots of clients and I would put to the legislators that invariably, of course, it, somewhere in the ether, there is a cheaper loan product in the majority of cases than, than the vast majority of, of, of products that, that we put our clients into. However, we would probably have up there with the most satisfied clients in the entire industry because of the way we, we go about things and just focus on quality and the client experience. So I guess the key, the key point, if I was to summarize, is that you know, maybe not for all clients, but for the vast majority of clients, a highly competitive interest rate and a really good deal combined with an awesome experience, i.e. no changes, certainty, efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, wins any day of the week over the very cheapest loan product, um, but possibly a terrible experience. And I'd add to that, Dan, you're right, price, product, policy, and packaging. So not just getting the loan approved, but afterwards, if a lender has, maybe a client needs a branch network, which the cheapest lender can't offer. Maybe they need the best internet banking offering, which the cheapest lender can't offer. Or they want offsets or redraws or everything else. That all plays a massive part as well in the choosing what is the right product for a client. Yeah. So, so um, all excellent. Hopefully now our audience has a better idea as to, to how co complex this can become and, and why it's important to us. Um, where to from here? So I, I guess that just taking a step back, the reason that, that, that another reason I'm particularly concerned here is that ultimately consumers can only get loans in one of two ways. They can go to the bank or they can go to the broker. So direct to the bank or via our third party channel. And if you reduce one, you increase the other, assuming the level of demand in the industry remains relatively constant. So um, bottom line, if you just make things more difficult for brokers, that is only going to increase market share to the banks. And there's an inherent conflict there, Patty, isn't it? Do you want to yeah. speak to that for a second in terms of the best interest duty? Yeah, well, the conflict is, so as brokers, we have access to hundreds maybe thousands of products which Across we can look at different, so different many lenders. different lenders yep. if you're a client going direct to a bank guess what they can only tell you about their products and they may have no incentive to get you the best rate with that product yeah the, the guy the guy at nab's never going to tell you to walk down the road to to cba to get a better deal so so there's definitely inherent an inherent con conflict there in terms of best interest duties so you know it's all about these unintended consequences of legislation. And it's, it's ironic because the idea behind this legislation is to improve the consumer outcomes by elevating the obligation on brokers to go from not unsuitable to best interests. But, you know, remember we're already getting paid 10 to 20% less than we have been in, in, um, in the past as a result of the, the, the new changes to broker remuneration, getting paid net of offset as opposed to just on the loan amount. 
So if you reduce someone's income by 10 to 20% and then you put a lot more work on them, the economics of the industry can become unviable, drive people out of the industry. And if you drive good people out of the industry, then it just takes people back to the wrong channel uh, in the context of best interests yeah. and, and, and possibly getting um, inferior advice. And it's hard to argue really that bro most brokers aren't already acting in the best interests of their clients. And I think that's borne out by the statistics which say over 60% of people now go to brokers to get a loan and not directly to the bank because of experience and advice. The key point, great point, and the industry market share for mortgage brokers has grown from about 20% to 60% over the last 20 years. And it's not because of huge you know, advertising and marketing campaigns. It is largely based on word of mouth by people having positive experiences and telling a friend. Right, so that is evidence of the fact that consumers are liking the channel. Um, there was a report by the F FMAA that suggested that the, the net interest margins of banks have been compressed by about 300 basis points over that 20 year period as a result of there being more competition in the industry. So we really do have to be conscious about changes that, that, that disrupt it um, unintentionally. Especially in the bank's favor when, and maybe this is a bit controversial, the Royal Commission was created to look into the behaviour of banks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, by the banks earning more money, that's not necessarily going to drive better consumer outcomes, right? Um, so anyway, we, we, we should stop now before we get carried away. But hopefully that kind of paints the picture a little bit. And um, certainly we'll be providing um, a submission um, back to, to um, the powers to be and, and hopefully that we can just kind of um, not necessarily influence the discussion but, but certainly be a part of it and uh, provide a, a, a view from the coalface what it's like actually operating in the industry and actually having to advise clients and recommend loan products. Um, and and uh, sorry, we should just make one last point, Patty, before we end on, on what possibly might be a workable solution because it's no good just whinging, whining and complaining without actually putting something forward that, that, that could work in yeah. the consumer's favour and still be workable for the industry. So do you want to just speak to that quickly? Yeah, so it might just be another document before application is lodged that's prepared by the brokers. It gives a couple of different products that we think or rather than that you think is suitable for the client and then the clients agree to the product you recommend. Yeah, I mean, if, if the client um, sees a document whereby their, their, their needs and objectives are summarized um, and the logic behind a broker's recommendation is clearly enough articulated and then the consumer signs off on that or both parties sign off on that, I think that that, that is a tangible document that wouldn't take a long time to produce or, 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 or sign which um, gives all parties comfort that the right work is being done to, to achieve the, 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 the required outcomes from, from the client. So, you know, personally, as strongly as I feel about these issues, I'd have no issue working a, a document like that. And I've also got a, a, a extremely confident that every one of our clients would gladly sign it. Um, you know, but that just, to me, feels like a, a very real, tangible and workable solution that, that could, um, you know, help elevate the, the, the quality of advice that's being given and, and um, you know, not decimate the industry on the other extreme. 
thanks for your time guys any queries or questions feel free to, to drop us a note and look forward to catching up with you in, a, in two weeks time thanks for listening to another episode of the long property show if you have any questions for dan or patty you can email hi at longproperty.com.au and they'll respond within 24 hours if you enjoyed the show please subscribe and also leave us a review this way we can continue bringing you the best weekly content possible see you again next week bye for now